In a world where trust is shattered and darkness looms, one man's journey from betrayal to redemption will captivate your heart. Absolutely. Even if Absolutely. you don't take them. If you have a relative that is a Christian, yes. allow them to take the kids. I like that. Because yeah. it's like, you, you may not want Jesus, but... Thrown into a detention center, he grappled with the harsh reality of being imprisoned mentally and physically. At that moment, I told myself, I'm not going behind bars no more. Betrayed and deceived by the one he trusted most. So now we're about to enter into this part of your life where you're cheated on. It was rough for me. Bought teddy bears for her, flowers. And my heart just got squeezed and beat upon and crushed and stuck. In the depths of his despair, he questioned God's plan. I said, I said, you don't know what just happened to me, Meg. But amidst the darkness, a glimmer of hope emerged. He found solace in the teachings of a higher power. And in that moment, he discovered a new purpose. Out with the old. In with the new. In with the new. The Holy Spirit came inside of me. From being lost to salvation, this is the story of Nick. Coming soon, this summer on July 1st on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Welcome to the Call by God podcast with Adney Gordon and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we'll bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome world to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Nixon Sylvain, and I'm here with Adney Godin, my beloved sister in Christ. And I'm excited on today. Of course, we have another guest that's going to share their powerful testimony. But before we go on to our sister, Adney, how are you doing on this marvelous day? Good morning. Good morning. How are you, my brother? I am blessed. I can honestly say being on this time side of life and doing the work of the Lord is always a blessing. And I'm just excited for our guest that is on with us today. So ooh, I can't wait. Amen. Amen. Same here. I'm excited as well. I was having a conversation with a, a dear friend of mine yesterday. And man, he just like, when we, when we was on the phone, he kept saying like, Nick, I love God, Nick. I love, he said, you don't understand. I love, he said, the, the love that I have for God. And I thought about David, you know, David was a man at the God's own heart. And I'm, I'm the same way. You don't see that? Look, God is love. I had to represent for my father on this morning, but I know it's not about me. It's about our dear sister, Sister Lauren Fitzgerald. How are you doing? Good morning. I am grateful this morning. Amen. I, I'm grateful. All right. So that's good. It's good to have you on the show. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, I am a wife um, who my my husband. Um, I am a mother of two and a teacher. Amen. Amen. But look, I, I, it's good to have you on the show. You know, um, Adney and I, we always say this, whenever a guest comes on a show, we kind of like sit back because we like to hear people's stories, like how God has called them 
from darkness into his marvelous light. So we're looking forward to hearing your story. I'm going to pass it over to Adney. She's going to kick off the show. And look, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to just fit in where I fit in. Amen. All right. So, Lauren, um, I'm grateful and thankful for you coming on and, and sharing your story with us. Because I remember when you heard mine, you was like, oh, Sister Adney, I have a story. And I knew the Holy Spirit was preparing you to come on Call by God. <laughs> So the first question I have for you is, who is Lauren? Share with the listeners, who are you? Um, what's your makeup? What are you about? What What is it that Lauren likes to do? And then we'll definitely, truly dive into your story. Okay. So um, first of all, one thing about me is I love the uniqueness of everybody. So I like to... Um, celebrate the fact that we're all different. And my mom has a lot to do with that because she always um, just had such a enthusiasm and joy about life. And so I love to look at the positive side of um, whatever's going on and just knowing that like, Above all else, we are the only person who's like us. We are God's unique creation and there are gifts inside of us that no one else has. Nobody can talk the way we talk. Nobody can say things the way we say things. Nobody can think exactly the way we think. And um, I love that. And also, I've always been a person who feels like you are not your parents. And because of that, if there's anything that you were created to do, you can do that no matter what. And I know it might be a little bit, um, you know, it might be a little bit far-fetched to some, but I really truly believe that whatever is put in you is something that is just that unique and special. Amen. All right. Since we we jumped on the subject of parents, I want you to open up just a little bit. I'm the nosy one. So Brother Nick will tell you. Um, I want you to share with us, you, you know, from childhood and just the little things that, because I remember you shared some things with me and I don't want to be the one to share them. I want to share Lauren, how Lauren began your, like from your mom and, and, you know, uh, the things that you shared with me a couple of uh, days ago? Um, so my family. Okay. So I am an army brat and I lived all over the country, um, went to like 13 different schools. Um, and I have, um, two brothers. I'm the oldest and in my family, um, we were raised Christian and just like my dad and my dad and mom both instilled in us, like the fact that we should love God. We should, um, you know, do good. We should be our best. Um, 
But within our family, uh, there were a lot of different things that, looking back on, I had so much to be grateful for. But sometimes when you're growing up, you really only um, end up seeing things from the perspective that they're happening to you. And sometimes you always you don't always um, see the beauty in life right when it's happening. Um, so anyway, um, my dad, uh, he was a very motivated person. Um, he came from a family of nine children and his parents were literally sharecroppers, like literally not his not he heard about it. No, they were sharecroppers. His father uh, was a sharecropper. His mother worked in a factory in um, Dermot, Arkansas, which is like a super, super poor and um, small community. And my dad decided that he was not going to live like that anymore. So, when, you know, when he when he became a man. So that was why he joined the army. And so he's just always been very determined, ambitious. And my mom, on the other hand, was like a socialite, like a social butterfly. Um, and they just had two different perspectives of looking at the world. So my dad was like the serious, strict person. And my mom was the free, fun-loving person. And um, kind of because of that, it was like a push and pull for how we should be, who we should be. And um, I think for me, uh, I learned to like just be seen and not heard and to um, to kind of withhold my thoughts and voice. And um, that ended up kind of being a hindrance to me. And I know I'm being very generic, but um, so we um, moved all over and then um, when I was about to go into high school, I was living in um, Arkansas and I was some very wonderful uh, youth groups and all of that. So I had my best friend and um, my dad was retiring and she and I decided that we were going to like be good. We were going to pray. We were going to like stop using uh, bad words so that I would not have to move to Virginia with my family. I could stay in Arkansas with my grandmother. And so we, you know, I, I don't think we fasted, but we were trying to like, you know, really get God's attention. Like, Lord, please don't let Lauren move to, to Virginia. Please just let her stay here. She doesn't want to go, you know, so we were really trying to get God's attention. And so we did all this praying, all this changing. I was always like a really goody, goody two shoes little girl. But, you know, so we did all this praying and, and then I still had to move to Virginia. And that was like strike one. Like, OK, I did all this and it did not work. So. I don't know what to tell myself. So then. I started um, I started being real, real, like having a real bad attitude because I did not want to be in Virginia. And um, 
also, I just, my dad was real strict on me. Like, I couldn't get a perm till I was, like, 13. I couldn't paint my nails, get my ears pierced, stuff like that. And it was always because, uh, you know, you're a Christian, so you shouldn't be going to dances or you shouldn't do this or that. And it, I was, like, I did not get that. I was, like, rebellious towards that. And... Um, just when I got to Virginia, it was like a whole different world for me. I was like used to being from, uh, you know, places where everybody's like friendly to each other. Like, girl, your shoes are so pretty. Thank you, girl. Yeah, you like my shoes too. Yes, yeah, so I got them here and they were this much. So when I got to Virginia and I was like, you know, being myself, everybody was just looking at me and like rolling their eyes at me like, why are you talking to me? So it was a culture shock. And I had to kind of learn to be different. Um, and so, yeah, basically, when I was in high school, that was when my life started to change. You know? OK, so I want you to go deeper. I remember you sharing with me your birth and the things that your mom did while she was pregnant with you. I want you to share that because there's somebody out there who experienced that. And I know you're like, Sister Adney, I can't believe you put me on a spot like that. But (laughs) I want you to share that because there's somebody, there's some young person out there who has your story and they need to understand how God was involved in all of that. So I want you to share that with us. Okay, so um, before I was born, uh, my mom and dad, like, they, my mom was from a small city um, in Arkansas, and my grandmother and grandfather, um, they didn't really truly believe in her dream. She wanted to be a gemologist in New York and an actress. And she could have been like, she was like, my mom is amazing. She's literally the most creative person I know. Like, she's amazing. And so um, my dad had joined the army and left uh, to another state or whatever. So they probably weren't even thinking about each other. But then he came back and asked her to marry him. And she did out of the the time of like, you know, a husband means stability. And so um, they moved to California and um, my mom was like a real party girl. Like um, she was like into a fast life, like having fun, um, you know, drinking, using different recreational drugs and things like that. So, and this is like back in the eighties. So, you know, it was probably, you know, just normal. Like, okay, these are, these are my set of friends. I'm having fun. I'm young. You know, my husband has a probably good amount of money. So we're living, we're living fun. So, um, my mom told me that when she got pregnant with me, um, she actually had, you know, been doing all that type of stuff. And she said that she was in the bathroom one night 
and an angel appeared to her and she like poured all her uh wine down the toilet and it was like god was you know getting her to stop her lifestyle and she ended up getting baptized while she was pregnant with me and she told me that when she got baptized she could feel her body being healed um and like she went through all these different complications um, when she was pregnant with me, like a cyst growing at the same rate that I was growing. And she had to be, she had to have several surgeries during the pregnancy. And um, she had to be taken by helicopter to the hospital. And so basically it was like for her, she like my mom, like in her eyes, I can do no wrong. Like she's like, Lauren, you just don't understand. Like you are not supposed to be here. And God literally healed you in my womb and like I didn't she's telling me like I don't even I didn't even deserve to have a healthy child and um just for her like that was a huge turning point um for her life and what she gave up to be a a mother and I always like, to me, I mean, I know, I don't know how many people at Angel have appeared to them, but you know, that's what my mom said that she experienced and how it happened for her. And um, yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. Amen. Amen. I, I like your story and, and I like the fact that and Adney, that was a great question how you went back and, and even Lauren, how you was, you know, talking about your mother and her encounter with the angel and, and even, you know, being baptized uh, with you and her uh, in her stomach. So what I want to ask you, because it, it appears to me that your mom had that pivotal moment where she just want to just, all right, I'm done. I'm ready to surrender. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned she was like off the chain. Yeah, it pretty much off the chain. So and I'm sure that you was off the chain because you mentioned how you move uh, from Arkansas to Virginia. And I want you to, um, you know, kind of like talk about what were some of the things that you experienced? Um, kind of like how, what was your off the chain moment? And we're going to get to to the point where you had your pivotal moment. But I want to hear what was your off the chain moment, whereas you feel that you was distant from God. I know you was brought up in a church family. And but at some point you went on a downhill spiral. Like, could you kind of explain that to us? Like, what was your off the chain moment? And then we'll get to how did you recover from that? When was your pivotal moment? But we don't want to get into that yet. 
But I want to know what was that moment that you pulled away from all that you were taught in the home and pulled away from God? Um, so once we got to Virginia, um, my dad and his career was like taken off. So uh, he was he was in a position where he was making money he never made before. Like um, he bought a beautiful, well, actually had a house built. And um, like it was literally like his dreams were coming true. Um, and but behind like behind the scenes, um it was one of the most stressful times of our lives as a family. Um, and when I was in high school, I really was still, I've, I'd always been like a straight A student. Um, but when I was in high school, my family ended up stopped going to church. And um, we start, we started just having church within the home. And that was when I really started to be like, I do not want to be a Christian anymore because um, my mom and dad, like they just had two whole different ways of seeing the world. And when we got, when we, we started getting into high school, all of that, all the like underlying issues started coming to a head. And um I like when my dad would be trying to teach us the Bible and stuff, I would just be sitting there like showing him, shooting him like death stares. Like, I know you are not trying to teach us the word. And like, he he's not like this now. But when I was growing up, he was like, he could be very condescending, like with the way he spoke. And, um, like, so because he and my mom kind of experienced like that type of dynamic where it's like you have a, a domineering uh, father and like just from your, the eyes of the child, you feel like your mom didn't do anything. And so that just really made me extremely like hateful and rebellious. And um, when I was in high school, I started like hanging out with all these Muslim girls. Like they were my best friends from like Somalia and Afghanistan and per Persian. And like, so I had a lot of, I was in an internet, like my high school was like international. And um, because of that, like I already loved different cultures, but that was how uh, I started to be led away. And then um as far as my biggest off the chain moment um when i started to just be like i'm no longer a christian anymore uh, my off the chain moments came when i got to college and when I started studying a bunch of different religions, like every single thing you could ever think of, period. Um, but when I was in high school, my junior year, um, my parents ended up divorcing and it was a really 
big situation. Um, and it ended up, you know, in the Bible, the Bible says that the person who divorces uh, covers their garments with violence. And in my family situation, even though it was not a violent situation uh, the entire time or anything like that, when it came to the end, it was. And um, that also became like one of those moments in my life where I just, this, like it turned my heart and turned me into another person. So let's let's go back to uh, college, because I know you say you was dibbing, dabbing in different religions. So did they pull you away or did you uh, practice some of their practices? Because I think about when when the children of Israel, when they were in the wilderness and right before they went on to the promise, you know, God gave him instructions. He said, hey, you know, don't don't mess with those type of folks because, you know, they'll pull you in their type of beliefs, you know, yeah. It's in Deuteronomy 9. And he says, when you enter into the land, the Lord your God has given you. He said, do not learn to imitate, imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. So God was kind of like warning his children, like, hey, these other nations practice and worship other gods. They do things that's contrary to my word, will and way. So I want to know by when you was in college, did you indulge in any of these other practices? Because it's I, I, I like the fact that you brought up college because that's when it usually happens in college. When you're when you're brought up a certain way, because I have a daughter, she's in college, but she's not that way. But I know it all, it never fails. It always happened in college where where students were like, oh, you know, I, I'm don't really believe in what I believe in all this different religion. So I want to know how did it affect you? You know, did you indulge in any of their practices? Um, so for me, I was really hurting. Um. And it's part of the reason that now I want to be that person who's there for middle schoolers, who's there for high schoolers, because you don't ever know how children are really feeling inside of themselves about what's going on in the family dynamics. So by the time I got to college, it was just over with. Like, I literally was like, I'm not I'm not being in the same religion with him no more. Like, I, I made a declarative, like. I'm not a Christian anymore because of hypocrisy, because of what I saw, because of, um, you know, I was, I was, um, in terms of even being a Christian, like I, I had my grandmother who had always sat down with me and my brothers at the table and taught us the word and lived a godly lifestyle. Um, but then within my home, I, I just had this whole other feeling like my dad was my enemy and he was my enemy because he was the person telling me what I couldn't do. He was a person who was strict or like made me and my mom and brothers feel like we couldn't have a voice. And because of that, that was what drove me to be rebellious because I was like, you know, no one's holding him accountable. And I wanted to see him be held accountable. And I also, um, you know, he was a uh, elder at the time. Uh, and my, you know, just for those who are 
uh, Church of Christ. My dad was in different uh, different denominations. So when when it came to like his friends and stuff, all his friends were uh, ministers. And so, you know, they would come to the house and I would just I would I really had a desire to like obey laws. Like so I was like, okay, if I'm not supposed to do this, I'm not gonna do that. If I'm not supposed to do that, I'm not gonna do it. Like so I was one of those people who could try to follow the rules to a T. And so when I saw these other people who were supposed to be God's representatives and then I would know them behind the closed doors, I would be like, That's not like you're not that's not how you really are. And because of that, it was like, I felt justified to say, well, if they're like that, then I don't want to be a part of that. And so that's where um, even when I was in college, I was so open because I was like, God, Jesus, that just can't be right. That just can't be the right way. And I, I still, uh, I just put, I just literally just put it all down. Like, and what happened was the devil saw an open window. So, um, back when like MySpace was popular and all that type of stuff, I met this guy and he was like metaphysical and he was telling me because I like when I say I put down like religion, period, I was just like, whatever, I'm going to just work hard. I'm going to go to college. And God, God was even blessing me, even though even despite anything, I ended up getting a tuition scholarship um, to go to Clark. And that was the only school I applied to. And like. I just, I was like, this is, you know, my best friend and I had made a, a pact with each other. Okay, we're going to this school. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I just was like, I just knew what I wanted to do. But as far as the spiritual side of it, I just was like, it's just it's over. So when he came to me and he, you know, he was trying to tell me, he was like, Lauren, you need to bow down to the most high and you need to you need to know there's a creator. So he was using all these different terms. And you need to be careful when people are talking to you like that, when people are saying most high, the universe, the creator, you need to be on guard because a lot of times if they're not using God, the Lord, the heavenly father, if they're using all these other terminologies, you need to run away from them because it's very easy to be alert into the wrong thing. And so, you know, I'm this person, I have all these like scars and issues with my, with my dad. And so I was literally, it was like Christmas. I had gone home to visit my grandmother. I was in the little bedroom and it was literally like the middle of the night and I was on the phone and he was like, he was like, Lauren, you got to bow down to the most high because, you know, um, uh, he was like, uh, you're blinking and you don't know how you're doing it. Uh, right now you're breathing and you don't know how you're doing it. He was like, uh, in the middle of the night, you, you go to sleep and you wake up. And if you have to pee in the middle of the night, you're going to go to the bathroom. and You don't know how you're doing that. And you don't know how your body's doing that. So I thought about it. It's like, 
he's he's actually right because okay I know I'm not you know even though I don't want to be a Christian I do know that you know clearly the world didn't create itself so that was he opened the door for me to go into all of these other different beliefs and it was very very uh it was a very dangerous thing for me to decide to do and from there, I started um, just learning a lot of stuff, a lot of mess. And for Black people, we want to feel like I got to the point where I wanted to feel justified for why did Black people go through slavery? Like, why did that happen to me? Why did it happen to us? And I, I got so hurt over it in college. I was so angry. It was like, you know... There's all these different things that happen in history that I knew nothing about. And if if I felt justified, like, you know, this. And, and so when people would come to me and say stuff like Christianity is a man-made religion, the letter day only came about in, you know, 15 to 1600s. And, you know, all these facts that I was learning in my history classes about Constantine and, you know, the Edict of Nantes and all these historical things that happen with Christianity, it just made me feel like I'm right, you know? And that's how a lot of people do end up feeling. And we as Christians have to be on guard. Like you have to warn your children about when you go to college, you're going to be around people from all over the world. They're going to believe all different types of things. And you need to know what you believe. You need to be rooted. And, um, for me, I literally, I, I went from learning about African Hebrew Israelites to learning about the New Black Panther Party to um, learning about Hinduism and this thing called Agni Hotra. Um, and like it just, I was learning and, and doing some of everything. And I was just on this spiritual like journey and it was really horrible looking back now. Amen. So I want to ask you a question and I'm sure our listeners just waiting for it. Right. Um, and I know you without going into um, great detail, I know you mentioned about your life from uh, Arkansas, Virginia, high school, your mom, um, college, um, you indulge in the different religions, but this is our listeners are waiting for. What was that pivotal moment for you? Just like your mom, how your mom had that moment uh, when she, that, that encounter with the angel, what was that moment for you? that realized that, okay, I got to drop it and I got to surrender uh, myself to God. Cause that's, that's that moment when God was calling you. That's the call. How did you get out? I feel like we haven't really got the full picture of everything that I was going through before I get to, you know, my healing moment. Um, I literally like y'all don't understand. Like I, when I tell y'all, I went down through there with my religious beliefs. It was, it was like in college, a lot of things that happen to you in childhood will come to a head. Everything that you've ever experienced will come to a head. And um, when I was in college, my mom ended up telling me um, a secret that I had never known about her and my father. And she told me that during this time when they were... Um, 
separated before I was ever born, before anything. There was a time where she lived in Atlanta and he was living somewhere else because they actually were going to get divorced before they even ever had children. And they were separated. And so she told me that, um, you know, she had um, it was a possibility that my father, my actual birth father could be a Sudanese Muslim. And, you know, it was like a accident type thing. And she just didn't know. And um, she told me that my dad hadn't known about that. And uh, that they, even before I was born, had issues about it. So when she told me that, it broke my heart. <laughs> and I felt like he had known the whole time and that he had hated me the whole time. And so um, I know there's people out there who've dealt with that too. And where that put me was I was already mad at God. I had already, you know, learned all these different things. And um, through college, I also, in high school, I had had one boyfriend and he was a really good person. Um, but then when I got to college, I was like, you know, I don't want to hurt you. So I just want to break up with you. So on top of everything that I was doing spiritually, I was looking for love in the wrong places. And um, when I found out that my dad, my, who I had grown up with and known my whole life, might not be my real dad, it literally crushed my world. And it all ended up coinciding um, with the stock market crash, the crash of 2008 and all that. And um, in 2009, and, and so in 2009, um, I personally had a crash. And what we also need to remember is just like you said about the Israelites in the wilderness, God is only going to let you be like that towards him for so long. People will have different moments that will pull them back in and God will get your attention and you may not want him to get your attention the way he gets it. And so when my mom told me that information, I started like I went back to school because I don't know. It was Christmas. So, you know, this is after she and my father have divorced. She's still living in the house that we all lived in. And, you know, they're going through financial issues. When I was in high school, uh, their divorce happened my junior year. My senior year, we were literally living in a house that was worth like $750,000. But we had to go to the food bank. I was literally eating like grapefruit soup and water. I was on the little dance team. I was like, in high school, I poured myself into so many different um, clubs. I was like the person who didn't have, like, I just literally didn't have any emotional connection to myself. And um, 
I just was, you know, achieving, 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 achieving. And so when that happened, it ended up being like everything that I had gone through caught up with me. And I, um, I ended up having a mental breakdown in college. And um, it was because I would stay up and I would look at um, pictures of these Sudanese women and men. And I would just look at the computer and I would just be crying. And um, I, I started like my my sleep schedule started getting off. Like I would be sleeping during the day. I didn't want to talk to nobody. My friends would come and be like, hey, Lauren, don't you want to come? Do-? No, I don't. And I was just in my room like and on top of all of that I had been dealing with all these spirits and there were demonic things and people in my life and I was literally like being pulled down and um I had and y'all let me tell you something else for those out there Okay, so a lot of people feel like it's okay to say God is a woman. It's okay to worship different gods and goddesses. No, it is not. Like I had pictures on my wall of Indian goddesses, Saraswati. She's a little goddess. She plays a sitar and she sits on a lotus flower and she looks so beautiful or whatever. And she's the goddess of music and she's the goddess of all these different things. Y'all, just because. Other religions take divinity and put it in a human format where you feel like, oh, that's me. Oh, that represents me. Oh, I can identify with that. No. Like, that was what happened to me. I saw these things and I wanted them to be real. And I wanted to, as a as a, a woman, feel like there was some element of I see myself reflected back in God and spirituality. And it's very, very dangerous. That was so dangerous. We didn't get into the pivotal moment that you had. I know you went through so much. And it's very difficult to unpack everything that you went through when God called you. Because I I know you got to get all that out. And I want you to. I don't want to rush you. I want you to take your time and share your story because only you know your story like you. So what we're going to do, we're going to get you on in parts where we want you to tackle the, the spiritual aspect, the demonic attacks, all that you went through before you had your breakthrough. So um, I'm going to leave it as that. Um, we're going to close out. I don't know, Adney, is anything you want to say? It was very, I mean, I was just sitting back. I was, I was moved by by your story and I got to get you back on Adney anything you want to say before we close man Lauren you you I, I see you completely different now because um you know we talk you know I you minister to me and I minister to you and I'm just like wow you definitely your story is going to touch so many lives because there are so many people right now who are where you were so I, like Brother Nick said, 
part two has to come. So, um, yeah, we definitely have to bring you back on. So I'm, I'm grateful and thankful for your transparency. I am grateful and thankful for your truth. And thank you for your genuineness, because when you broke down and cried, it really helped people to understand, wow, I was there. That was me. So thank you for not holding back. Thank you. Yes, I'm like, I'm grateful for this opportunity. And I do want to warn people. I, I want you, to, I want people to be warned and I want people to warn their children because I know that when, the, you know, when people say um, your testimony is not for you, it's for someone else, for them to, you know, identify and be warned. And, um, you know, I'll be back for part two. Amen. All right. There you have it. Stay tuned for part two. Again, we want to thank you, Sister Lauren. Until next time, world, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day. By believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized, you will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.